We're so glad that you joined us today for this podcast from Bishop Quentin Moore and the Father's House in Hutchinson, Kansas. God loves you and wants the best for you, and we want to hear what God is doing in your life. Share your story with us by sending an email to mystory@fathershouse.net. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at fathershouse.net slash give. Just select the option that works for you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, what am I in? 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 37. 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 37. The majority of you guys will know this passage of Scripture. Everybody there? Said now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, "Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine." And Saul said to David, "You are not able to. You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight for him. For you are a youth, and uh, well, he's a man of war from his youth. That's like um, I told first service. Have you ever had anybody look at you and say, I got shoes that are older than you?'" I had uh, an individual when I first came on staff tell me that exact same thing. I have shoes older than you. I don't really know like what the point of that is. Are, are you trying to compliment me? Because I don't, I don't quite get that. Yeah. Where was I? But David said to Saul, "Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came to look at, or came to take the lamb." Out of the flock, I went out after and struck it. And he delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against him, against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, which is a biblical cuss word, by the way, will be one of them, seeing as, seeing as he's defiled the army of, of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the Philistine, and from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Everybody likes the story, right? The story of David and Goliath. You know, no matter whether you've been a Christian for 20 minutes or a Christian for 20 years, we are not quite as spiritual or as Christ-like as we're supposed to be, right? The answer to that is yes. And Paul said it this way, the reason is is that we have, we feel like we've arrived or we feel like we're more godly because we're comparing ourselves to other human beings. And we're not supposed to compare ourselves, thank you for getting that, to other human beings. We're supposed to compare ourselves if we are followers of Christ. And we are to do just that, follow Christ, which means your pastor can't even necessarily isn't the way you should live your life. That we, as humans, are not to compare ourselves to one another, but to compare ourselves to Christ. And because of that, we're not quite there. But if you've had a relationship with Jesus, whether that's 20 minutes, for 20 years, God has done something in your life. So this morning, I want to preach a message called Prove It. 
prove it, prove how God works in your life. I want to take you back to the playground. How many of you guys have ever played on a playground before? Yeah, some of us, it's been a little longer than others right then. Um, others of us, as you know, we, my, my boys like to frequent the playground often outside of pandemic times. And, um, but, but I'm not really talking about that. I want to talk about when you were playing on the playground. And if you remember those days, I remember in my elementary school, St. John, Kansas, I remember everything about the, the, the playground, the basketball course, the soccer goals, all the stuff, right? But you always had this one guy in your class. He was always popping off. He was always loud. And he was always the guy who'd say, I bet I can get across those monkey bars in five seconds flat. And your response to that is, prove it. My son, uh, Hampton, he is 10, going on 20, and um, he thinks his abilities, um, well, they're just not quite what he thinks they are. Um, and me being the good father that I am, making sure he understands what humility is, I allow him to do some things so I can say, well, prove it, son. Or the, 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 the swing. You guys ever swing and jump out of the swing? Oh yeah, everybody did that. It was great. Today I see my sons do that and say, "Knock it off! I'm not going to the emergency room." Why well, I was never told that, I have no idea. But all I can think of is an emergency room bill. I am getting old, guys. Um, but no, you got that. You got that guy, right? That you, you jump out of the swing and you got that buddy who's like, "Ah, I can beat that." Well, prove it then. Let me see it. Let me see you prove what it is that you think you can do. I'm not a knower of many hymns, which has been a disappointment to lots of folks um, in here. At times, I promise, when we go to hire another worship pastor, I'll make sure that they know hymns. I just don't know that many. Um, judge me all you want. Just don't judge me to my face. Um, yeah. So, there is one, though, um, that kind of helped me prepare this message. Um, and it is called, uh, It's So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Anybody know that one? Grandma, you know that one? So, Grandma, I'm going to talk to Grandma for a second. Um, Grandma, the only time I ever remember hearing this, you remember that little white church in Maxville um, with the red carpet and the wooden benches? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it was probably from here to the wall. It wasn't a very big church. I, I remember lots of, I remember VBS in that church. Um, and I remember um, tearing that church down. I, that, that church got torn down, right? Thank you for agreeing with me. Um, I, I remember, but, but one of the things, and I don't remember, you guys could probably sing it better than me. I want to read some of the, the, the lyrics to this hymn, though. This is so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon, or, yeah, upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. That line, how I proved him over and over. How do you prove God? It's an interesting concept, and lots of people are really interested in trying to, to figure that out. But what is it that we're trying to prove? Are we trying to prove that he's real? Are we trying to prove that he cares? Are we trying to prove that he's powerful? Which, ironically, 
there's no scripture in the Bible that says that he is a powerful God. What is it that we're trying to prove? It's interesting, in, in this time and throughout scripture, we see everybody proving God. In this passage we're reading about David, it's important that we understand we're talking about shepherd boy David and not King David. David's brothers were out of war, and it's kind of like that Braveheart movie. Um, anybody like Braveheart? I love that movie. It's a great movie. Um, but it's like the, the, the Philistines were on one side of the valley, and the Israelites were on the other side of the valley, and there's this guy named Goliath. Everybody kind of knows about Goliath. Theologians say he was around nine or ten feet tall, right? And every morning he would come out, and he would curse and cuss God. He would look at the Israelites and say, if your God is so powerful, then why haven't you attacked me? If your God is so powerful, then why aren't you coming at me? If your God is so powerful, then why hasn't he defeated that cancer? If your God is so powerful, then why hasn't he healed that marriage? If your God is so powerful, then why is it that you're still in the financial situation that you're in? How come this and how come that? Well, don't get it twisted. In the Bible, Goliath is a real character, but I think it's probably safe to say that we wake up every morning with Goliath running through our head. If your God is so good, why are you still battling depression and discouragement? If your God is so good, why hasn't that business taken off yet? If your God is so good, taunting us every single day. When David, who was responsible for taking care of the sheep at this point in time, his father came to him and said, Hey, listen, um, your brothers are at war, and I need you to go check on them. And when I check, when you check on them, I want you to go ahead and take this bread and this cheese. Um, and so David went out, and he, he got there. Apparently, about the same time, Goliath was coming out and, and cursing their God. And he looks at, um, David looks at the Israelites, and he's like, oh, what, what are we doing? How come, how come you're letting him talk like that? Why, why, why is this okay with you? If you guys aren't going to do anything about it, I will. I'll take this guy on. And Saul got word of it. And he brought David to him, and he said, do you think you can take this guy? He was like, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. And like any other adult looking at a teenager, he's like, kind of cocky, aren't you? Like you can hear this conversation play out, right, Cameron? Yeah. You can hear that, that conversation play out. And he said, no, David said, no, no, you're missing something. You need, you need to understand something. I don't think I can take him because I'm a great warrior. I don't even think I can take him because I'm stronger than him. I can take him because I've proved God. You see, at one point in time in, uh, in my life, there was, I was in a situation, and this, this lion had taken a lamb. And I went to go get that lion murder. I went to go get that lion back. And when I did, that lion attacked me, and God delivered me from the, the jaws of that lion. And see, there's another situation that I was in, and it's kind of the same situation. The bear had taken the lamb, and I went to go get the, the lamb back, and the bear missed me by inches, but God delivered me from that bear. So I figure if the God that destroyed the lion also destroyed the bear. If he's into lions and bears, then more than likely he has the ability to defeat this lion. So I don't question whether or not I can defeat the lion. I know for a fact I can't. I, I don't question the fact that I can defeat the bear. I don't question the fact that I can defeat the, the Philistine, Goliath, because I know God is on my side. 
Of course, you know, here's kind of what we think about more spiritually mature people than us. We think that because they read the Bible more, that they're, you know, smarter, better relationship with God. We think that, uh, you know, they've been saved longer, so surely they're more spiritually mature than I am. We, we think, we see these individuals who go to church all the time, who are in three small groups and volunteering in different different areas of the ministry, and, and you know, they must be a better Christian than I. We, we think that these individuals have this grit about them that we will just never be able to, to achieve. But that's not it. It's that they have proven God in their lives. So we have this mindset that God is like, oh, just, just, just trust me. We have this mindset that God's looking at us saying, I oh, just, just take my word for it. But God's not saying that. God actually says, no, I have a problem. I have no problem proving myself to you. Psalm 38 and 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts him. Question, what came first, tasting or trusting? We don't serve a God who is looking at us saying, oh, just trust me. I'll make sure. No, he says, no, I want you to experience who, that I, who I am. Because it's in that experience that you'll start to gain trust. He doesn't even say you'll trust me all the way. He's not interested in you trusting him all the way. He's interested in, in leading you from day to day, from provision to provision, for providing, for, from pro- providing, excuse me. He's not interested. This is why, and I said it earlier, it's not about behaving it in order to belong to God. Jesus said, I don't care who you are, I'm going to die on the cross for you. And when you step into a relationship with me, when you experience who I am, you will taste and see that I am good. There's three things. Three things that I want to talk about this morning that I feel like you um, have the ability to, to prove God in your life with these three things. Number one, know what he is capable of. If you got a problem, you're not going to take that problem to someone who's not capable of dealing with that problem, right? Like everybody's got that friend that they're they're really fun to hang out with. If you're going to go to beat up and get some wings and watch a game or watch a fight or something like that, like you're going to call them if you're going to go golfing. If you're going to hang out with them, and and, and, and it, they're a good time, they're a good laugh, they're uh, a fun friend. But if you've got a problem, if there's a situation or you need a favor, and you're scrolling through your phone looking for someone that you ain't scrolling and hitting that guy's number, right? Because you know that guy's always got a problem. And that problem is always going to be bigger than your problem. And you're going to end up dealing with that problem and not figuring out how to fix your problem because, you know, I mean, you're our pastor, so this is kind of what you got to do, right? Thank you for laughing. You're not going to take your transmission issues to your chiropractor. I said that in first service and I forgot Dr. Terry was sitting right there. I said, I mean, no offense, Doc. He's like, no, please, actually don't. You're not going to take your computer issues to your pastor. I'm telling you, as one of them, not to do that. And if you're not taking it to me, definitely don't take Quentin. You're going to take the situation, the problem, someone who's capable of dealing with that situation. And could it be, could it be that we're not taking enough to God? Because we're not 100% sure we know what he is capable of doing. 
there's a, a passage in Scripture, it's in the Synoptic Gospels, and uh, Jesus' cousin was getting married, and Mary, um, apparently, was the wedding planner, right? Everybody knows the story. It's Jesus' first miracle. He turns water into wine. And so, there's an issue, though. Weddings back then and weddings today are completely different. Today, there's one event, right? It's the, the, that night, and then um, you go to the reception afterwards. Then, um, it was the, the wedding, and then the rest of the week was a party. And by party, I mean they just drank the entire week. If there's any teetotalers in here, I, I apologize. That's just the nature of the beast. I didn't make it up. It's in the Bible. Get mad at Jesus. Um, and so, they were halfway through this week, and Mary comes to, to, um, to Jesus, and she's kind of bugging out. We are running out of wine. I need you to do something that we're running out of wine. And you can kind of see this, right? Like, I don't know about you, when I read the Bible, I don't necessarily just read the words on the page. You kind of, like, got to imagine the situation, right? So you can see Jesus sitting at a round table with all his friends, and Mary comes up to him, and she's kind of flipping out. And she's like, hey, um, we, we really need this. We really need this resolved. Like, I, I, I need help. And Jesus' response, I'll read it in a second, but in, in my home, Jesus responds like that in my home. Jesus is getting slapped. Not once, but twice. You know what I'm talking about, right? John 2, 4 through 5, he said, woman, there's slap one. He said, what? His next statement, hey, a woman, comma, what does your concern have to do with me? There's slap two. You can see it, right? Like they're sitting in the round table. Jesus got his back to his mom because no sons want their mom to see what's going on. Like, we're having a conversation, right? Mom comes up and hits him on the... What? I need you to... I, and you can see this. I got it from my mom. I've seen my wife do it to our boys. Her response is, is perfect. His mother said to the servants... And it said, Jesus said to the servants, do whatever he says. You can see this, right? I, I'm not the only one. They're sitting at the table. He says what he does, and you, she looks at him like, okay, I'm not going to kill you right now. I'll kill you later. You'll return. It's okay. I know who you are. Don't worry. Doesn't even respond to him. She gives him the eye of death and looks at the servants and say, hey, whatever he says, why? Because Mary knew, Mary knew what Jesus was capable of. Mary knew what Jesus was capable of. And it's ironic, because I think sometimes we have this mindset that miracles are only for problems. But there's so much more than that. Not, you know, let's be real. Running out of wine for some of us probably isn't a bad thing. It's probably not that big of a problem. But she knew what Jesus was capable of. So she went with him, went to him with the problem. Do you know what God is capable of in your life today? See, we have these problems, we have these situations, we have these sicknesses, we have this depression, we have all this stuff, and, and instead of, it's like we're coping with it because we're not quite sure what God has to, what God wants for us in our, in this, in our life. We're, we're, we're not quite sure what he's capable of, and so we just kind of deal with what we got. And if this God is who he is, 
then maybe at some point in time, this will all, but we, we are coping with the situation. Instead of allowing God, taking the situation to someone who is capable of and healing us of it. Jeremiah uh, 32.27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything that is too hard for me? There's nothing that I'm incapable of. There's no addiction I can't break. There's no disease that is under my feet. There is no hardship I cannot overcome. There is no heart, uh, hard heart I can't make soft. There is no relationship I cannot restore. We serve a God that is capable of anything. But if you don't know him yourself, you'll never know what he's capable of. So how do you know God? John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you want to, want to know what God is capable of, you got to get in His Word. If you want to know what God is capable of doing in your life, you got to get in His Word. If you want to know God's voice, you got to get in His Word. It's, it's these places. It's these places where He takes dead situations and makes them alive. It's, it's here where we find that He makes all things work together for the good of those who love Him. you got to learn how to recognize His voice. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If you want to know what God is capable of doing in your life, you got to step into His presence. Why? That song, like, it's just one of them songs, the last song we sang, is like, you just kind of linger there forever. Because it's in His presence that assurance comes. I, it's in His presence that, like, even in this very moment right now, whether you're watching online or whether you're sitting in this room, like, the, the, the peace of God comes over our lives, and nothing we were dealing with before has anything to do with what's going on right now. There's something about being in the presence of God. I become aware of what God is capable of doing. You know, one of the other places that um, you find what God is capable of is being around people that know Him. It's the importance of the body of Christ. Right? And you, you, you guys have all probably experienced this in some way, shape, or form. Heather and I experienced this when, when we started dating. Um, Heather's known me for a really long time, but there are things about my life that she didn't know, which is probably a good thing. Um, and the, the more we hung out, the more my friends got around her. And the more my friends got around her, the more stories they told about me. Yeah, some of them weren't good. I heard the last. Right? But, but they knew me in a way that Heather didn't know me. There are people in our lives that have the ability to speak into our lives, that, 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 that will show us what God is capable of doing, because they, they have proven God. They have put God to the test. Those are the individuals. This is why um, being an isolated Christian is not a key to being a successful Christian. Right? 
Like, you can't be isolated in a Christian and understand what God is capable of. Because sometimes we need the body of Christ to say, holy cow, did you see that miracle that happened over there? Holy cow, did you see the provision that God did for them? Holy cow. We, and listen, it's not that we're not jealous of that sometimes, right? Let's be honest. Oh, okay. I'm the only one. Cool. Thanks for leaving me. Hang out to there, Pete. I'm kidding. Number two. Number two. You have to invite them, invite him into the situation. You have to invite God into the situation. It's not enough to know what he's capable of. Until you invite him into the situation, he's not going to step in. Until you invite God into the, the it, God is not a, a helicopter parent. Everybody know what a helicopter parent is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Different time. Sorry. Um, yeah, God's not this helicopter parent that is hovering around us that when a problem is getting ready to occur, he's going to intercept us so the problem doesn't happen. See, we have to understand that God has given us dominion over this earth and that we walk in his image. And because he has given us dominion over this earth, he's not going to step in until we actually allow him, ask him to step in and fix the problem. We see this throughout Scripture. I chose Daniel 3.17. If this is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O King. That's how it's written. It's kind of how I think it went down. Like, they're standing there, right? They're saying, hey, my God will deliver us because, well, God is a timely God. Right, God? Come on down, God. You, you, can, you can help me at any point in time you want to in this burning, fiery furnace. God, you have to invite him into the situation. You kind of see this through with, with uh, the story of David that we're talking about. Now, David says, no, he, he's killed a lion. No, he, he, he's killed a bear. And, and, and God, I, I, because you've done that and because you've done the, the bear, I, I'm going to go ahead and invite you in because I'm going to need your help with this Philistine. Kind of like that. Um, I don't know what you call it. Is it um, like uh, professional wrestling? Is it uh, in our day? It was WCW and WWF. What is it called now? WWE. All right. Them tag team matches when that guy is just in the ring, just getting hammered, right? And you look at it. You're like, holy cow, that feels a lot like me. And Jesus is just on the outside saying, if you would just tag me, come on, just give my hand. If you tag me, I will destroy whatever enemy is in your life. Just tag my hand. I am your provider. If we understood that our worship is an invitation for him into our situation, said earlier, he inhabits the praises of our people, of his people. The Bible says that he's not allowed one word that is spoken to return void. We have to invite him into the situation. John 1, 14 says, the word became flesh and was made and, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. It's great to, 
to know God's Word. It's great to know what He's capable of. You know what's better than that? It's seeing it. I'm, I'm glad the, the Bible says that God is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. But I don't know that just because the Word says that. I know that because He continues to provide in my life. He continues to provide in y'all's lives. And all of us are watching that. The Word says that God is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. But again, I don't believe that just because the Word says that. I believe that because when the doctor said Hoxton's spine was sticking out of his back, less than 24 hours later, it was back exactly where it was supposed to be. Each and every single one of us have these stories. It's one thing to read the Word. It's a different story when it comes to pass in your life. I know what God's capable of. I've got to invite him into the situation. And number three, I must remember how good my God is. There's a big problem. There's something about time and drama that causes amnesia. Think about it. There's, there's something about time and drama that makes us completely forget the last line that God defeated in our lives. Like, we can come into, I'm not even necessarily talking about like three months down the road, I'm talking like three days down the road, right? Like, you get into the service and you get that word of encouragement and you get that the, the joy of the Lord you're walking out of the building with and, and everything is good and you're excited about the week and I know that God is capable and I know I'm going to invite Him into my situation and I know that He is good and then Wednesday happens and you look at the problem square in the eye that you call your boss and all of the, the, the flood of anxiety and worry and frustration and hurt comes flooding back. We're only three days removed from the encouragement of God. We have to learn to fight for our memory. We have to learn to fight for our memory. And when those things happen, we stop. We take a big deep breath and know, I know my God is good. He's got me through this. He's got me through this. He's got me through this. He's got to get me through this. Back to David and Goliath. I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want first? We're going to get the good news. Good job. Why does everyone always go with the bad news first? Like, is it to just like get out, get it out of the way? I'll go with the good news. Um, so David defeated Goliath. That's the good news. Did you know that? Yeah, I'm not telling you anything. You don't know. You know what the bad news is? Is um, when David defeated Goliath, that wasn't his last problem. I don't know about you, I'm being 100% transparent here. There have been lots of times in my life where I have read the story of David and Goliath, and you see Goliath getting defeated, and you think that, you know, David lived happily ever after. Like it's a Disney movie. And I know that's crazy, but that's kind of how it reads, right? Like, we get into situations, God defeats Goliath. He not only, David, hits him in the head and then cuts his head off, which is very brave heart of him. And then the story is over. 
sometimes I think that, that we, we, we think we're going to get on the other side of something and life is going to be rainbows and unicorns. Wow, I'm going to preach something that's later on in my message on my state course. Yeah. That's not, the, that's not the case, right? That's, that's, that's not how it works. That's not how, if you read the, the life of David, David, you know, that, was, that was a tough go of it, man. Like, there are times where it's like, good Lord, I, I feel sorry for you. Uh, if you fast forward to when David was king, David was out at battle with three, uh, 300 of his greatest warriors, right? And they're coming home from battle, and they got home, and everything was gone. The, they, the, their sons and their daughters, their wives, and all their possessions were, were gone. And the Bible says um, in, in Samuel 30, verse 6, that, um, that the guys were mad at him, that they wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. You can read it here. It says, Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of all were, all the people were grieved. Every man or for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. They were looking to stone him, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. I understand fighting against Goliath. He was the enemy. It's a little harder to swallow when you're fighting against people closest to you. Right? Like when an enemy wants to take me out, I kind of get that. When family wants to take me out, oof. or when someone's supposed to have my back, right? Ugh. When David is standing in front of these 300 guys, the guys that were supposed to have his back, and he gets it, they're all hurting. He's hurting himself, but they're looking at him. They want to take him out. David said, hey, just... Just give, can you just give me five minutes? Just give me five minutes, and after that five minutes is up, you can do whatever you want to with me. And David went away. You can kind of see how it plays. If David had a mirror, he stood in front of that mirror. Have you ever have you ever had those prayers where you went to pray and all it was was complaining? Yeah, you you, you pray um, like you can hear David go to God and say, "Bro." Feel like we talk on the regular. You can help me out with this. You can let me know what was going on. And then he gets in front of a mirror. He reminds himself, basically, God has got me out of this situation, and God has got me out of this situation. And this situation that I'm in right now is very dark. This is, I'm not quite sure what you're going to do, God, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to dust myself off and realize that I know you are good, and you will provide. That he strengthened himself in his presence. Psalm 42 11 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You know, remembering, the importance of remembering. Remembering brings perspective. When, when you have an inability to remember, the crisis that you're in right now is the worst crisis you've ever been in. 
And I'm not saying that the crisis you're in right now isn't bad. It probably is. But God does bad things really well. There's a gentleman who's alive today, um, who was alive during um, the Spanish flu, over 100 years old. And they were asking him, what you think about COVID? I, I don't know if you know your history, but they suspect that over 20 million people died of the Spanish flu. Um, and so they were asking him, hey, well, you know, what do you... What do you think of this COVID stuff? What do you what do you think? Do you think it's a thing? And he's like, Oh no, COVID. This this is this is bad. This is real bad. He said, But I've been through bad. He said, You know what happened after bad? He said the country bounced back, and we went through some of the most prosperous years. He said, So listen, I don't want to diminish whether or not COVID is bad or not. It's just not over yet. See, remembering brings perspective. He remembers. I don't know about you, but I've never pandemic before. They told me that Major League Baseball was not going to be a thing. Wasn't a good day. But it's a thing, so it's a good day. Football, they're questioning. As long as I got baseball, I'll be all right. They uh, said, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. So I stayed home. I don't know if you, if you know, the 99% of you probably do, but I was diagnosed with colon cancer a couple years ago. I got this, um, they went through chemo, the stuff that's supposed to help you and hopefully not kill you. Um, and so I have a compromised immune system. And uh, so I stayed home. The boys had to do school. Stayed home for seven weeks. Let me tell you what I'm never going to do again. Stay home with four boys for seven weeks. For those of you who think well, we're going to have number five, that sealed that fate. I wear a mask. Um, not, uh, not because I feel any one way about it or another. I'm not. I'm really not interested in the debate. Um, I wear one. I wear one because I don't have answers. There's lots of questions in our world right now. And none of us have the answer to them. One does. His name is Jesus Christ. He lives on the inside of you. What he provides is wisdom and knowledge. The question is whether or not you're listening to that wisdom or knowledge or Facebooks. Lots of questions because I have no perspective. I don't have perspective on this. See, when you have perspective, perspective turns into hope. Hope. You have hope because you see another side of things that other people don't have the ability to see. But see, when you have hope, hope turns into faith. What is faith? Faith is that God's confidence 
the ability to roll your shoulders back, puff up your chest, and talk a little different. You praise His name before anything has ever changed. When you got God confidence, you got a little, little something about you. No, kind of a. This is really kind of shady on my part, but I'm going to say it anyway. I said it first service, and I don't think that the first service really understood if they could laugh or not. You ever, you ever want to see um, confidence about an individual, faith about an individual? Find someone who's got high faith in a terrible marriage. Now think about it. You go to that individual. Amen. Think about your health, how's your marriage? Oh. Well, it's good. A lot of people are going to learn something one of these days about this marriage. It's like, oh, I mean, I've just been noticing, you know, one day there's going to be some really good stories that come out of this marriage. See, you got that God confidence. You say, you know what, the fact of the matter is I'm not even talking to her and she's not talking to me, but I believe in a God that is bigger than this situation. And because I believe in a God that's bigger than this situation, I am knowing that this is going to be restored. I know that this is going to be fixed. I know that is faith in the midst of the story. And faith, faith turns into breakthrough. So David goes down to the stream he picks up five stones, throws one in the slingshot, and he's just whipping it around the Right? He throws it. And David is knocked to the ground, or Goliath is knocked to the ground. And you can, you can hear it like dead silence in the movie, like the Phil signs are like, what just happened? And then they're like, that just happened. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Father's House. We hope you stay connected by following us online at fathershouse.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using at TFH Hutch.